0: So I was on Twitter today, uh, I guess it's now X, following the news of the day, looking at the latest the latest developments out of the Middle East. And I saw a tweet from my friend. He's been on the show, Sean Parnell. Of course, you know him as a retired Army infantry captain with the elite 10th Mountain Division. Spent a lot of time fighting along the Afghan-Pakistan border. So someone who understands war, who understands the consequences of war. He was tweeting about that every day the IDF delays its ground invasion. It gives Hamas a chance to lay traps, IEDs. It increases the percentage of casualties that the IDF could suffer. He also tweeted out talking about how the Biden administration has been working to delay that ground invasion. So I asked him to come on because I wanted him to walk us through the consequences of delay and also why the Biden administration is delaying that ground invasion. Also, as someone who understands war, I wanted to talk to him about where he thinks this is going, what it means, the consequences of war. And also just talk about the disgusting fact that so many people lack moral clarity at a time where it is abundantly clear that we saw evil and that evil was Hamas. So why can't people say that? Why are they trying to both sides this? It doesn't make sense to me. We're also going to talk about the southern border and the concerns that terrorism could be here in the United States. So a, a lot to talk about with someone who really understands this stuff in a meaningful way. Uh, he's also just an American hero, you know. received two bronze stars, one for valor and the Purple Heart as well. So I, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with my friend, Sean Purnell. Stay with us. So, Sean, uh, it's great to have you back on the show. Uh, you know, when people say hero, you're, you're actually uh, an American hero. But we, we were talking offline, and I was like, I got to have you on to, to bring this conversation to the audience. So I appreciate you making time for us today. Oh, of course. You're
3: welcome. It's great to be
0: back. Well, you know, Sean, you're tweeting. Well, well first of all, what a scary time to be alive. Uh, did you ever think things would deteriorate this fast under Biden?
3: You know, Lisa, actually, yeah. I mean, when when I was on the campaign trail in 2022 running for Senate in Pennsylvania, one of the things I used to say from the stump was that if you were trying to dismantle and destroy the United States of America, uh what exactly would you do differently than Joe Biden's doing right now? I mean, right now he's he's printing cash, creating record inflation, which in turn crushes our middle class and those on fixed incomes. He's flooding our border with, you know, millions of illegal immigrants who that also hurts the middle-class and undercut undercuts middle-class labor, uh, creates all sort of national security issues. Um, he's created a war against law enforcement. We ha- we're in the midst of a grave police recruiting crisis in this country, primarily because of the Democrats defund the police nonsense. The fact that the guy is basically an animated corpse in the white house and can't string together a coherent sentence to save his life is giving our enemies worldwide. Uh, you know all the all the indication that they would need that america you know has a vacancy at, at 1600 pennsylvania avenue and, and in fact doesn't have a president and strong commander in chief to project strength around the world. And of course, our enemies are taking advantage of that, you know. Um, And of course, we're seeing the monumental distraction that is is the conflict in Ukraine and uh, seemingly 100 billion plus dollars of U.S. taxpayer dollars going to support that fight with really no end in sight. So if you're an enemy of America who wants to capitalize on that weakness and capitalize on that tactical distraction... And your Hamas and or Hezbollah or Iran and want to wipe Israel off the face of the planet, which is not hyperbole because that's what they want to do. Um, wouldn't you also? Take advantage of this situation and strike uh, Israel as a target of opportunity at this time. I think you
0: would. Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, you no, know, it's, it's, you know, I mean, look, I, I mean, Sean, I was never one of those people. I mean, I remember being on TV and I was like, he's not a moderate, he's corrupt. You know, he's not these, he's not just you know Uncle Joe from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Like, I never, <laughs> right. I never, I never bought into the BS. But my God, you know, when when you look at where we are today, but you, you were tweeting out. To today, and it really got my wheels spinning. And I was like, I got to have you on for this conversation. Um, you, you tweeted out that every day the IDF a, delays a ground invasion. It gives Hamas a chance to, to lay traps, IEDs. The Biden administration has been working to delay it. So So first, talk a little bit about the dangers of delay. And then secondly, talk about why this administration is delaying a ground invasion.
3: Well, first, let me just tell you that the, the terrorists that we fight, Iranian funded terrorists are are incredibly smart. They're well trained. They're well equipped. And we know already that Hezbollah is trained, equipped by Iran. Hamas is also funded and trained and equipped by Iran. Uh, probably within 30 minutes of of the attack on Israel, just watching their tactics, techniques, and procedures filmed on, of course, their GoPro cameras as they filmed these atrocities. I could just tell by, th- by the way that they carried themselves on the battlefield, by the way that they carried the rifles, the type of rifles, the, t- the types of loadout that they were carrying. That These were clearly Iranian-funded terrorists because, you know, when we were in Afghanistan and we fought a global jihadist all-star team over there, and frankly, we killed a lot. We killed over 350 terrorists, whether they are from Hekmatyar or Akhani, or we also fought... A, an Iranian trend, uh, funded Hezbollah Hamas group in Afghanistan that was 250 strong. And so I know these guys, I know how they operate and and they are smart. So clearly they knew that by committing these atrocities in Israel and by the way it's it's not an an attack and nothing makes me more angry Lisa than to hear you know the associated press and other you know corporate media outlets saying that these are militants or gunmen or anything else these aren't these aren't militants these aren't gunmen they're terrorists and it wasn't just a traditional military attack on traditional military targets this was an attack on civilians, innocent men, women, children, Holocaust survivors, the elderly, women were raped and paraded in the streets like trophies, babies, of course, decapitated, babies captured, used as human shields, children captured as well. And so it's, and by the way, that is a hallmark of Iranian funded terror. Now all terrorist groups are terror uh, terrible and brutal, but the Iranians are particularly brutal and everything that Hamas did in Israel was is, to me was indicative of that of that sort of training that they receive in Iran. But Hamas knew that by doing something like that that Israel was going to respond and the way that Israel was going to respond was by overwhelming force in Gaza. And immediately Israel came out, uh, Bibi Netanyahu and some of his defense ministers and stuff like that came out and said, we're going to wipe Hamas off the face of the planet. We're going to eradicate them once and for all. And they immediately started bombing Gaza, uh, surgical bombings on military targets in Gaza in support of removing Hamas right and here's here's the goal when you do something like this if your goal if your military objective is to destroy or eradicate an enemy right it's very very different by the way than than defend we're going to defend this and this is where i think republicans and conservatives need to hone their messaging with regards to how they talk about this publicly it is not enough to say israel has a right to defend itself because all that means is israel has a right to fire a couple you know indirect fire attacks hit a couple of moss targets that's not enough All that does is perpetuate the cycle of violence for generations to come. Republicans need to shift their messaging and say, Israel has a right to destroy and eradicate Hamas, period, full stop. And we are going to support their ability to do that. That's how Republicans need to message this, uh, because, frankly, there is a public there is a public messaging component to all this. And and, and and so so. So, Hamas anticipated this and knew that Israel was going to attack. And anytime you do a bombing campaign like this, Lisa, you know, when we were on the objective in Afghanistan and we, were, we knew that we were rolling into, say, an ambush, right? And we knew the enemy was dug in in certain locations. What we would do is we would call in an airstrike, right? Heavy munition airstrike. And then we'd hit them with artillery. And then we'd hit them with mortars, right? Which, so you're going from large to small munitions all the while moving to the objective area. And the moment you turn off that indirect fire and the moment you stop hitting them with bombs, your infantry is on the objective and the objective is just simply to kick boots. And the goal is is to not give your enemy not even one second of breathing room. And initially early on in this, it was this was clearly the IDF's goal. They're going to bomb. They're going to bomb the hell out of Gaza. They're going to hammer Hamas and they're going to they're going to hit with a ground invasion right on the backside of that, not give the enemy enemy a second to breathe. What the Biden administration has done diplomatically is tie foreign aid assistance, military equipment, aid, military assistance, especially to Israel uh, by 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 basically. quid pro quo is like, we're not going to give you this aid unless you just dial back the invasion, slow it down, talk to us about diplomacy, talk to us about the plan, all the while knowing that every day, and I'm not even day, Lisa, every second that is delayed, it makes a ground invasion of Gaza to destroy and eradicate Hamas tactically untenable. Every day that passes, it gives Hamas an opportunity to emplace IEDs, to emplace snipers, to emplace complex ambushes. I mean, it's, they're are gonna, gonna be booby traps all through the rubble and and when that happens if you're not on the objective in an urban area shortly after a bombing campaign or a surgical strike you can expect your casualties and this is just US military doctrine this isn't Sean speaking this is how we train and fight you can expect casualties between 33 percent and 66 percent and that's what Israel's facing right now and 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 here's 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 the 30,000 foot to all this Biden clearly in 60 minutes on Sunday said that he did not, Want Israel to invade or, or quote, occupy whatever that means, but occupy Gaza. Thought that would be a bad idea. So by delaying it diplomatically and talking out both sides of his mouth, he's creating a scenario where that where that tactical reality is untenable. Do you see what I mean?
0: So is Joe? I, I totally see what you're you're saying. Uh, it, it makes sense to me. Um, you know, so Joe Biden visiting Israel uh, is that to delay or is it to stand in solidarity? What's the objective?
3: It's, abso- it's absolutely to delay. There's, ab- there's no question in my mind. And if, like, just look at what he said on 60 Minutes. Look at how he talks out of both sides of his mouth. Listen to how he equivocates this. And, and, and I've often wondered throughout my life, because I studied this extensively in college, and the Holocaust was always an historical period that both interested and horrified me. Um, and always in the forefront of my mind as I looked at some of this stuff is how could something like this happen? But you're seeing it. Today, how it could happen, Lisa, like look in look in Dearborn, Michigan, look in London, look at look in look at any of the college campuses across this country where it, it, Hamas massacred civilians. They they, they murdered babies. They, they filmed it. And yet you still have tens of thousands of people in Western countries, not just America, but in Western nation where immediately within the 24 hours of that attack, there are tens of thousands of people out there protesting and supporting Hamas. It's it's sickening and gross. So you wonder how the, something like the Holocaust could happen. This is how. Well, you know, you, you you twist the education system. Then you've got Democrats like AOC out there on the Sunday shows talking about an immediate ceasefire, which I'm sorry, that is a distinctly pro-Hamas position. A ceasefire benefits nobody but Hamas. But so you see these anti-Semitic and these In these pro-Hamas talking points promulgated all through the Democrat Party, from Biden all the way down, and you're wondering why the cycle of violence continues in
0: Israel. Quick commercial break. More with Sean Parnell on the other side. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, Folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free.
1: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films, and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Obviously, we're we're all disheartened in in watching these terror attacks and just seeing the innocent slaughter of uh, people just from a, a basic you know, human moral standpoint. And I think that's what scares me the most is if, if you can't find moral clarity in this moment, have we lost all morality as a country, as a people, as a, as a, not even the United States, but just people around the world? Is there any morality anymore?
3: It's, you know, Lisa, Elon Musk tweeted something the other day, something, is it possible to tweet to, to defeat evil without a malignant heart? And my answer to that question is an unequivocal yes, because because leaders, it, it's incumbent upon leaders at all levels who are ground combat leaders, you know. And again, I fought in Afghanistan for 485 days. I killed my share of terrorists in the world. I, I, Afghanistan was tragic in so many ways, in the way in the way that our surrender unfolded there. But I'm proud of my service. We removed people from the face of the planet that did not deserve to be here, and they preyed upon people. Because you know, one of the things that my deployment in Afghanistan really highlighted for me was that evil in this world does truly exist, and it's very important that when evil, when you see it clearly, to stand firm against it. Because, you know, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. And, and, and I'm telling you, I've seen time and again on the battlefield, the enemy that we face and the enemy that Israel faces and Hamas and Hezbollah and, and even Iran, they, they, are, they are the personification of evil on earth. And so we have to speak with moral clarity of, about these things. And, and it is scary, to realize that these that these types of people exist in the world and you, but you, you look back and you ask yourself okay look at what let's let's have a look as leaders let's let's look at what Hamas did let's look at what they the, the violence that they perpetrated on Israel let's look at the history of of, of Israel Palestinian relations and see that Israel has time and again extended an olive branch extended one two state solution after the next all of that has failed and israelis have continued to suffer they're not attacking this whole all this propaganda about oh palestinians have been in an open air prison for 75 years that that is a fundamental misunderstanding of history and all of this propaganda does nothing but hurt the israelis and so when i when when you look at all of the attempts of that for peace that have been made over the last 75 years it comes to this, this is what I asked myself, you know, b- deep fundamental question about this very issue, the fundamental question of a two state solution, Lisa, is like, what exactly what exactly leads you to believe that you're entitled to have a country in the first place? I'm sorry, but if like you're doing an interview of the the Hamas leadership and and the government leaders in Palestine or in Gaza, and your first question is like, "You, what is your what is the ambitions and goals for your country?" If your number one ambition is to commit genocide and annihilate your neighbor, maybe we shouldn't be talking about a two state solution. Maybe you don't deserve to have a country. Do you see what I mean? This is why I disagree with the whole fundamental premise of a two state solution. We've tried; that's failed. The only pathway forward is, is for Hamas to be removed from the face of the planet. And if victory is your goal, I said on my show yesterday that, one, you have to you have to be able to – you have to have the military ability to destroy your enemy. The IDF in Israel has that. But you also have to have the tactical flexibility and freedom to do what's necessary. And the Biden administration uh, is prohibiting Israel from doing what's necessary. Well, and and that's not-
0: tragically why this will keep going on. And and it's not just the Biden administration. I mean, it's the media, it's people on the right. I, That's I think right. every 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 tweet, every post talking about the plight of the Gazans distracts and I think inhibits and prohib, or prohibits rather uh Israel from achieving the objectives that you laid out. And then also what what frustrates me as well is what gets lost from the conversation is that the Gazans elected Hamas into power in 2006. Right, you've right. you've got even after 2021. I was reading an Associated Press article looking at polling. A majority of Palestinians supported Hamas after the 2021 conflict. You've got children taught to hate Jews, to celebrate terrorists at a very young age. You've had teenagers uh, have routinely been a part of the slaughter of Israelis and and you know the knife and infatata and and what have you. Mm-hmm. And, and so we are we are talking we talk about the plight of the Gazans. There is very little daylight between the Hamas terrorists and the people who support them. And and yet I, so many are willing to engage in Hamas's propaganda. And and they allow themselves to be
3: fooled like they conflate. They, they, you know, you hear AOC and, 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 and really, you know, members of the Democrat Party talking about Israel trying to eradicate Hamas. As, as conducting you know, sort of atrocities against civilians or eradication of people, that is ridiculous because the Israelis don't target civilians. They don't target civilians. In fact, Hamas targets civilians. They deliberately store munitions in schools and hospitals they deliberately have command posts in the basement of schools and hospitals they use human beings as human shields the moral responsibility for civilian casualties is 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 on hamas and this this is why you, cir- you circle back to you know gensaki circle back to your comment about the ability to see and speak with moral clarity on this issue and that's why it's so important and and, and it doesn't make it any easier. You talked about the media being in the tank and all the Democrats being in the tank for Hamas. It's sickening. But even these celebrities who are coming out, it's like, man, what was incredibly disheartening to me. And you see Alicia Keys coming out. saying, Oh, she my God, was I was going to
0: ask you about her. Uh, hang
3: gliding lessons. I mean, this is horrific. These these people, what they are doing. Is, is like at the height of World War Two, knowing that the Nazis were exterminating Jews in concentration camps, celebrating the Nazis. It's it's no different. Anybody that's that's questioning, you know, bombing Gaza and taking out Hamas, would, would they have also questioned the bombing of Berlin at the height of World War Two as Americans were trying to liberate Jews from concentration camps? Because these two things are fundamentally the same. They're the same. And so I. it's just it is it's unbelievably disheartening to me when you have all of these A-list celebrities talking in a certain way. And again, it's come back to I've wondered my entire life how something as horrific as the Holocaust could happen, but I'm seeing it play out right before my eyes how it can now. And it, it makes me sick to my stomach.
0: You know, it, it begs the question, Sean, you know, and you've got we see what's happening on you know the streets of America. You look at what's happening on college campuses. You look at trans people cheering on Hamas, and it, it really begs the question, Are these people ignorant or are they evil?
3: Uh, I mean, uh, so this is why I say that, (laughs) well, I think maybe a little both and neither frankly is, is a good, is a good thing, (laughs) you know, but, um, I, I do think. You know, serving in combat and then running for office painted just a very clear picture for me that there is a spiritual war happening in this world, and you just have to open your eyes to it. And and yes, I do think that you know it may be a little bit a of combination of ignorant and evil. Certainly, people like Biden and Le- and not just Biden, but I mean, think about it. I, I, on my show yesterday, I did this like long list of of just I don't even know appeasement's not a strong enough word, but you remember when Obama shipped pallets of cash in different currencies to Iran. You have yeah. the Biden administration, you know, freeing up $6 billion in sanction-free money to Iran. Now, of course, Iran's the, the number, the world's number one state sponsor of terror. But then you also have the Biden administration hiring this Robert Malley guy, creates the Iran Experts Initiative, hires all these you know, pro-Iranian people to soften US policy towards Iran. These people are, these people work as part of the Biden administration, appointed by Joe Biden, Robert Malley would tell you that he grew up with Yasser Arafat would tell you that he's his unofficial godson. The guy's a, the of is, is was fired from Obama's first term for being too pro-Hamas, and then we wonder why these horrific atrocities happen under Democrat administrations. It's because. It's like these people at the highest levels, you asked about, are these people just ignorant? I mean, probably some of these college kids are ignorant and stupid. doesn't mean that they shouldn't suffer the consequences of having their free speech. They could say what they want, but they should also suffer the consequences of that free speech. But people at the highest echelons of our government, especially Democrats, elected Democrats in power, they're entrenched bureaucrats, they know. And it seems to me that their position is to deliberately both weaken Israel in the Middle East and weaken America here domestically. And- for for the life of me, I was talking about this with my dad yesterday. I cannot understand the end game, because you know I, I was talking with with Tucker Carlson about this. But it's like, what the hell? What the hell's what the hell's the end game? Like, yeah. there's nowhere else to go, Lisa. My kids have to live in this country, and and if America collapses in on itself like a dying star, or Israel somehow weakened, and 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 our republic becomes a place where where freedom isn't necessarily a thing anymore. Well, God, it's not just necessarily going to affect me or you, Lisa. It's going to affect our kids. And that's a scary proposition.
0: It's a very scary proposition. And even with Robert Malley, I mean, even if the administration would try to say, oh, like feign ignorance of not knowing that he was part of this Iranian influence group, spy ring, whatever you want to call it. He was a known propagandist for the Iranians, like a known sympathizer. So, it, you know, it, it really just speaks to the problem that, you know, we've allowed evil inside government. You'll even get a solar panel included free.
2: Strong and Getty Show to start listening.
1: More than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
1: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Do you think Israel will will go through with a ground invasion? Can they accomplish their goal of taking out Hamas without one, with just airstrikes?
3: No. Yeah. No, they can't. It's um you have to you have to it it is possible, like I told you, to to win a fight and eradicate Hamas, but you they've gotta be have the military capability and the freedom from the international community to be allowed to do it. And right now, the second thing is the linchpin to this entire operation. So, yes, Israel could go in. And I've seen that they have some like amazing bull- like rubble bulldozer things that, you know, deflect RPGs and stuff like that. But it it going in now means I, I hate to say it, but it, it just means a, a, at least a 33 percent casualty rate for the IDF. And it it all depends on anytime you plan a military tactical operation like this, Lisa, you have to evaluate what they call the tactical risk. And does the end state mission objective outweigh the tactical risk? And so Israel is going to have to ask themselves, okay, the the objective is, the mission is to eradicate Hamas. If we need to lose 15,000 Israelis to do it, is that worth it? And that's a calculation that Bibi Netanyahu and his government is going to have to make. And it's a tragic one. And I wish they didn't have to do it because I think this was completely this was a completely avoidable situation.
0: And that's just uh, so depressing to, to hear it uh, put out that way. But it's the truth and the truth matters. Um you know, we've had wide open borders for over two years uh, under Biden. Uh, we know that at least 160 people on the terror watch list uh, were caught in 2023 uh, alone. Um, you know, we're, we're still in that year. So that number could grow. Right. And, and who knows who has actually been able to to get in here because we've had so many gotaways. Uh, the FBI director warning about terror attacks here. Uh, I mean, that, that seems inevitable.
3: It does. It does, and and you know, this is why I say often, like, learn to defend yourself. Find someone who knows what they're doing. Learn to defend yourself. Um, learn to defend your home if you have a family. Teach them what you learned. You might never need it, and I hope that you never do. But if you look at what happened in Israel, you have to assume that because we've had wide open borders for three years under Biden, right, and you've had six plus million people come across, and I think you look at you look at what happened just i mean fox news just broke yesterday that 19 iranians and 17 syrians illegally crossed into the us border just last week just last week so if you extrapolate that and you say that there's been 6 plus million people over just this year alone and then and then look at how many people that have come across in the last 3 years there is absolutely positively no doubt that Hezbollah and asymmetric threats all around this world are going to exploit the weakness at our southern border, and they're going to lay in waiting. And I mean, this has been well-known intelligence for a long time, that it, that if the United States got embroiled in an open conflict with Iran, which could easily happen here in this situation uh, in Israel, because if Iran or Hezbollah invades Israel from the north, that triggers the War Powers Act. And, and the United States is almost compelled to act in support of our ally. If we end up in an open conflict with Iran, we know for a fact, and as you mentioned, Christopher Ray talked about yesterday. That the likelihood of domestic terrorist attacks here in this country, it's a real threat. We know for a fact that there are thousands of Hezbollah operatives here, sleeper agents, just waiting to conduct, facilitate and conduct attacks here in this country should we become embroiled in a larger conflict with Iran. It's, it's, It's not a question of if it will happen, but when. And when that happens, you have to be able to defend yourself, full stop because the government and police, they ain't coming to save you. I hate to say it like that, but as you mentioned, it's the truth. It's the name of your show. So people need to know that information. They need to go train themselves and defend themselves. Really find somebody who knows what the hell they're doing as well. But but you've got to do it. It's not a question of if, but when. I hope you never need it. But these attacks are coming here. They just are. The, the enemy is already here.
0: Uh, where is this conflict in the, in the Middle East heading?
3: Oh, my gosh. I think the escalatory... Possibilities for this war scare me, and uh, frankly, the escalatory, escalatory possibilities of the war in Ukraine scares me as well. Um, but I, I think if Biden has his way, they you know Israel stops. They do not. They don't conduct a ground invasion of Gaza. They they fired a few artillery rounds. They decimated Hamas targets, and they just go back to business as usual. You know, and that is, and when I say. That's going to perpetuate the cycle of violence. It will, because in another year or so there's gonna be another attack on Israel. There's gonna be more rockets fired in Israel, there's gonna be more Israeli civilians dead. Um but if if I'm worried about the the Iran factor, I'm very worried about Hezbollah invading Israel from the north. I'm worried about Iran openly funding and operating in support of Hezbollah, because that would trigger an escalatory component to this fight that, frankly, our military is just not ready for. I mean, you saw Janet Yellen say, "Well, you know, she's like so out there," and who the hell even talks like this? But we could certainly afford two wars. Like, well, what the hell world she lives in? I don't know because we're 33 trillion dollars in debt. Like, we can't afford Yeah, we're, we're broke. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a ridiculous statement that yeah. is. I mean, these, doesn't it just highlight how these people? live in a world of their own. Um, but you you look at what's happening in Ukraine and you look at what's happening in Israel and it's not difficult to see how the dominoes could fall very easily. And the hate when people say World War Three because it's become cliche at this point. But you could see very easily how countries could align themselves along like sort of allied axis of evil type thing. And we could find ourselves embroiled in, in a conflict that's much larger than the ones that we have now, and that scares the hell out of me because my oldest kid is 16, and in the next couple of years they could be fighting in these wars, and there's no way in hell I want that.
0: I think the the problem with way well, there's a lot of problems with with Democrats. I think inherently yeah. at the well, I, like, I know I was like once yeah, I yeah. said that I'm like well actually <laughs> we don't have enough time, but. Uh, you know, I, I do think that there is inherently a moral and an evil issue. But also, I, I think that you just have a lot of people, government that are leftist, who have never actually had to do in life, you know, they just think in theories, they're like, <laughs> yeah. they're like activists and academics. And, and so they, they've never actually had to like carry something out to its end objective. And so, you know, they think in these theories, and but not in practicality. And that's why their govern- governing always fails. Uh, you know, like look at Biden for instance. He's been in government for like 50 years. He's never actually had to accomplish anything. He's never actually had to have real accountability. He's never actually had to really bear out the consequences of his decisions. And so you've got a bunch of people running government who don't actually know how to do anything in in practicality. Uh, I mean, but
3: you think about it though, they're pretty damn good at destroying our country because well, they are good at that. You know, you think about it, though, like they they're so afraid to speak with moral clarity about Israeli men, women, children, elderly babies being murdered. But boy, you know. George George Floyd died, let's burn down 20 cities in America. Boy, if you if you if you say a man cannot be a woman, we're coming after you. If that professor at Cornell, you know, instead of saying that the the Hamas attack on Israel was energizing and got him basically psyched up, and I'm paraphrasing on that last part, but if he said a man can't be a woman, they would have fired him on the spot. So they're they're not afraid to speak out about this LGBTQ, LMNOP, you know, like all of these other things that are are morally ambiguous at best. But when there's issues of real moral clarity, life and death stuff, they equivocate and it sickens me. So that's why I think like like their, their policies, when I say that they, they want to knock America down a peg, and I think they see Israel as a little mini America, I think they, they, they truly believe that the world would be a better place if America was not its sole superpower. And that scares me. And it, cool. it's high time that Republicans wake up. And I say this often. And, and you know, I, I I believe that the Democrats are an existential threat to this country. I just do. And and that's why Republicans better recognize this threat for what it is and get their get their house in order.
0: No pun intended. Yeah. To fight back. But they don't seem to. You know, we seem to be uh, in complete disarray as a party, totally. which is it's like, <laughs> yes. is there like where the hell is there any leadership like anywhere? You know, it's just. You know, it's just—it's really disheartening and and depressing to watch. Uh, You know, so I want to ask you this question as someone, because I I think often, you know, we like people talk about war, but very few people understand the consequences of what war actually looks like. And you are one of the few that do, in in a real and meaningful way. uh, More than you know, the vast majority, more than the vast majority of Americans, maybe like one percent of you know. And so, what should as someone who understands the consequences of war, uh, what should the United States do in regard to, to Israel? You know, how much support should we lend? What does that look like? How far do we want to get involved? Uh, I mean, what do you what do you mm-hmm. think? What's your assessment?
3: Well, I- I think that we should continue to support Israel militarily and give them what they need to to fight this fight but not at the expense of our own military and our own defense supplies, right? Like I I it scares me when we've sent all our 155 artillery shells to Ukraine and we don't have any here at home to defend ourselves. That worries me. So, I think it's possible to support Israel, give them what they need, uh while keeping an eye on what we have here at home and making sure we're good to go. And here's another important component of this. Israel is not asking for American boots on the ground. I don't support American boots on the ground for for many different reasons, but Israel's not asking for it. And I think in terms of Israel's legitimacy in the region, insofar as how you know, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Egypt looks at them, they want to see Israel as a country that can stand on their own, which would help, I think, normalize, normalize relationships between those Middle East countries and Israel. And this is also p- partly the end game for Hamas; they don't want a normalization of Israel relations between Saudi Arabia and Israel, Jordan and Israel, Egypt and Israel, and those countries like that, because I think it it puts you know Palestine, Gaza, Iran makes them play second fiddle. And it's actually an existential threat to Iran when Israel is working with those countries. So I think Iran, I think Hamas wants to disrupt all of that. Um, but I I, I mean, the, certainly, I mean, the $6 billion in aid that we gave to Iran should have been should have been taken back yesterday. I think all the Hamas leadership that is living in five star hotels, I mean, they're responsible for the death of American citizens. Why haven't we given an ultimatum to Qatar and basically said, you've got Hamas leadership living in these in these hotels"? Like if you don't extradite them to America so that they can be brought to justice for the death of American citizens, we're going to sanction the hell out of you. Another thing is American energy independence, because you can bet that the Straits of Hormuz as this conflict drags on is going to be leveraged against us. It doesn't have to be that way. I mean, we, we can be a net energy exporter and drill. We've got everything that we need here. So I think it's important that we that we can that the Biden administration reverse his disastrous war on American energy so he doesn't have us, you know. He doesn't have us at the whims of the Iranians in the Straits of Hormuz that's closed, right? So I think there are lots of things that we can do without getting involved in the actual conflict, boots on the ground, Americans. Also, last thing I'll say is that one of the things that's concerned me over the last week or so is, I mean, I, as someone who's seen war like you will, and, and been on the re- 20 years of failure in Iraq and Afghanistan. I'm not somebody that will ever advocate for American boots on the ground unless it's 1000% absolutely necessary and there's no other way around it. But we, we can't be so isolationist in this country that we are not willing to evac our own people. And, you know, American hostages are trapped. Americans are trapped in Israel. It is not incumbent. It's not the the responsibility of American citizens to go over there like John Wayne and evac our own people because the government just sucks. Like we have to prioritize rescuing our own people so that we don't have a repeat. So I think a focus on those three things moving forward or those three or four things moving forward is the right place for America. Uh, But we'll see what happens because the Biden administration just has an uncanny ability to screw things up.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it seemed, you know, I was going, it was going, was you're going through the list. I'm like, okay, Biden seems to be doing the opposite. Biden seems to be yeah, doing the right. opposite. Like, I know, I know. You know. It sure does sound like common sense, but Biden's yeah. doing the opposite. <laughs> My God. Uh, you know, I I, love, I don't know if you saw, uh, Four Seasons Doha. I can't remember the, uh, Hamas's, uh, one of their leaders who's, uh, staying in, uh, Qatar, but, uh, uh, four Seasons stoha was like, uh, he's not staying here, just want everyone to know, like, we're not housing <laughs> yeah. him, he's not staying at our hotel, uh, which, you know, <laughs> good, you know, but, but uh, shame, shame, whichever uh, hotel uh, is allowing someone like that to to, to stay there. Uh, you know, and then also, you've got, you know, the King of Jordan saying that they're not going to take these Gaza refugees, Egypt, which is neighbors with Gaza is like, fortifying their borders, not, you know, uh, but yet we've got leftists here who uh, want us to accept these Gazan refugees who support terrorism for the larger part. I mean, obviously, you can't unequivocally say all, but we've at least seen a majority support for Hamas in and pol- and polling.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the United States shouldn't, se- shouldn't accept one single refugee from from Gaza. Period. Full stop. I'm tired of allowing people into this country that despise this country. And if you look at you look at what's happening on our southern border, Lisa, and we talked a little bit about it already. But there is a tidal wave of of human suffering happening at our southern border right now. It what it does is it it preys upon that human suffering is uniquely it uniquely focused on women and children. Uh, it's empowered the cartels. It's allowed fentanyl to pour in this country. And by the way, they're making fentanyl to look like candy now to target our children. And if you think that's not an asymmetric attack on this country, just because of the addicted qualities of fentanyl, you have another thing coming. Like throw If you're listening to this show, throw Kensington, Philadelphia into your Google search and see what it looks like. That's, that's how fast fentanyl can tear through your community and make it look like an episode of The Walking Dead. You think the stuff is manufactured in China. China is working with the cartels in Mexico. They're shipping fentanyl across our southern border, it's highly addictive and it's decimating our communities. That is absolutely an asymmetric attack on our country, all made possible by our wide open southern border. If you think countries like Iran and Hezbollah and other people aren't any capitalizing on that, you're wrong. But I, I'm tired of importing people into this country. And, and also, here, here's another thing, Lisa. What gets lost in the sauce on this debate about immigration and the open border is, is this fact. The United States of America is the most generous country on the face of the planet. We let two to three million legal immigrants into this country every single year, every year. No other country on the face of the planet does that. So the idea that we we are obligated to take more than that illegally is sickening to me. And the left does such a good job at conflating illegal immigration with legal immigration. But the fact of the matter is Republicans consistently get their butt kicked in the court of public opinion on this because they don't know how to talk about the issue. We're a generous country. We already let millions of people into this country legally. Allowing our border to be open just from a policy standpoint is profoundly unfair to the people who come here legally. Yes, we want to be a country that takes refugees. Yes, we want people to come here, but they've got to assimilate. They've got to pledge to support American values. doesn't mean they have to discard every cultural aspect of where they came from, but they have. To, it has to be important to them to be an American. The Constitution has to be important to them. Otherwise, in every major city in this country, you're going to have no-go zones like you have in London, and that ain't going to work for anyone here because it's fundamentally anti-American, but that's what the left
1: wants.
0: Yep. And, uh, you know, I think there is a with terror attack, uh, just the other day in, uh, Brussels. Um, but, uh, and I think there was one in, uh, France and then there was a stabbing and, uh, I believe, was it Beijing? Right? Recently, yeah, uh,
3: yeah. I, I mean, look, like we we worked. Uh, look, we worked with with the Afghans. Okay, we were, and Afghans are tribal, right? Islam didn't come to Afghanistan uh, for you know within the last hundred years since we since we've been there, right? So it's this isn't necessarily a, this isn't a talk about Muslim or Islam or the religion or anything else. It's just cultural differences, okay? And I, I'm tired of the moral relativist position that oh, you know, it's just how they are. Like it's okay to rape children. It's just how their culture is. It's how they've always been. I I just say, like, absolutely not. Western culture is better than that. And it is better than that. And it will always be better than that. And We should not be ashamed to say it. You know, like some of the things, even the best people in Afghanistan, the people that work with us the most, the people that we had great diplomatic relationships with, there are times where we would roll into into their village to meet with them on diplomatic relationships. And they're like, wait a second. No, no, you shouldn't bury that woman up to her neck and stone her to death because she dared leave the house. Like I'm sorry. If you're not willing to leave that aspect of of your culture behind when you come here, then you shouldn't come here. I'm sorry. Call me whatever you want. But those things, a fundamental free American liberal democracy republic is diametrically opposed to whatever I just explained to you. That stuff doesn't belong in America. And, and I, I'm tired of people equivocating and saying that's just their culture. If it's right for them, it's how they've always been. No, there is a right and wrong in this world. And Western culture is just better than everywhere else.
0: I, I agree with you. Uh, and I wish that we could get back to that sort of clarity of thought. And, and, and it's really what I, I think what's wild to me is a lot of the conversation we have had today is you know common sense. And yet, just basic common sense just cannot be—I mean, cannot be grasped anymore, right? It, it's like you would—or th- or, you know—I I don't know—you would hope that it's common sense, as you just point out, to not let people into the United States who think that you know, stoning some. Right? It's like you would yes. think at the baseline. I mean, you're brilliant, but you—you you would think at the baseline that like people would be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense." Uh, and yet, we find ourselves here, and so it's like I just—what what what, what is ever going to get through to I, these people? I guess. I,
3: I'll tell you, it's. I'll tell you a couple things. You you see AOC, and I referenced her once already. And I'm not trying to pick on her, but okay, no, yes, you I can kind pick of on am. Her. I don't care. Because I don't like list, her at list, all. <laughs> I mean, she's out there. She's, <laughs> she's out there the saying, "Well." I mean, first of all, she throws together these GRE words in this crazy word salad, thinking that it makes her sound smart. Concordantly, vis-a-vis, I think we have to have a conversation. I was in grad school. That's how these dumbasses talk. Excuse my language. It just makes me sick to my stomach, these educated nitwits who can't see with moral clarity. She's just talking about, well, I think that, you know, it should shutting off water. Is that a bridge too far? And collective punishment, blah, blah, blah. It's like, without mentioning... That Hamas dug up all the water pipes so that they could be used as rocket tubes to fire in Israel. Gee, I wonder why the people of Gaza don't have water. Maybe it's because Hamas dug up all the water pipes. So you see what I'm saying? Like, it's it, it, in Republicans, I don't know what it is about the Republican Party that prevents them from speaking with moral clarity about this in the same way that I'm talking to you. I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you one thing that that the voters that are based, that our party, it's it's undeniable, yet there's so many people in our party when they run, they don't get this. But authenticity is the coin of the realm. It's not about being a people pleaser and promising everybody everything beware of the politician democrat or politi- democrat or republican who you'd say well i agree with everything this person says they're t- they're not being honest with you in fact one of the things that i said in the campaign trail all the time is the one thing that i can promise you is that you'll not we're not always going to agree but you're always going to damn well know exactly where i stand and and again, that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't mean we have to agree. Who says we have to? But Republicans, and you and I have talked about this before, Lisa, they are so about being in the popular club and being ingratiated to the media and somehow using their their politics or being a servant politician as a springboard into celebrity, and I'm tired of it. If you're running for political office at the local, state, and federal level, you go into that thinking that you are going to be reviled and that's a good place to be if the media thinks of you in that way. And you have got to be unafraid to lock horns with these mouth-breathing morons who just spew leftist talking points left and right and our party for whatever it is lisa you know and and by the way there are notable exceptions to this i'm not just blanketing all republicans right there's some great great republicans but by and large like our party wants to be a part of the popular kids club It, it just drives me crazy and this is what this is what i think prevents our party from going on offense and carrying the damn ball down the field and scoring a touchdown like And what's happening in the House of Representatives right now, Lisa, is a perfect example of that. It's the only legislative body that we control, yet we are in complete disarray. (laughs) War broke out in Israel. Our ally needs our help. And we can't even come to a consensus on who to elect as a speaker of the House. It's it's a microcosm of all the issues with our party right now. The Democrats don't have these issues because if you watch Star Trek, they're like the Borg. You know, a Democrat in Southern California is no different than a Democrat in New York is no different than a Democrat in Southern Florida. They're all exactly the same. They all vote exactly the same. But the same is not true of a Republican in Southern California versus a Republican in, in New York Republican in Florida. They're all vastly different because our party is a party of intellectual diversity. We're actually the party of we, the people, the Democrats are the party of they, the people. But in so far as r- recognizing the Democrat a- as an existential threat, like as we continue to tear down our institutions, you know, who's united, ready to pick up the pieces and put it back together in their image, the Democrats and their mission. When they talk about fundamentally transforming this country, it's tearing it down brick by brick, because in order, t- in order to fundamentally transform something, you have to first tear it down. So the Republicans just don't wreck They don't So many people just don't recognize the cultural moment that we're in, and it's putting both our party and our country in danger.
0: Well, and it's like, I'm fine with like, I actually I supported what Republicans were doing in the initial speaker fight because they had clear objectives. I think Mm -hmm. I thought those objectives were worthy and it was a worthy goal. And they're pushing things in the direction that, you know, they wanted but you know, this seems to have just blown it up for the sake of blowing it up without any alternative plan. And for me, that is just chaotic. That is not leadership. That makes us look like we're in complete disarr- disarray. And it completely disregards the fact that we barely have a majority in the House. And so it just it, it defies logic. It defies common sense. And I, I think that we look like uh, a bunch of clowns.
3: Well, you know, you look. I, I yes, I, I it's it's frustrating to me because I don't like you know, as a team, right? If you're on a football team and you're taking the plays that you come up with in secret in the huddle, and then you go tell the opposing team what your play is, you're not going to fare well. Republicans hang their dirty laundry out there to dry for everyone to see. And and what I keep coming back to is this the whole like, oh, McCarthy, McCarthy is a rhino. Oh my gosh, he's terrible. He's, but like, don't you think that if McCarthy, tr- and this look, I, there's I what well, I would vote for Jim Jordan in a second as Speaker of the House. Okay, so this isn't like me defending Kevin McCarthy. This is me like putting this out there for people to think about. But don't you think that if McCarthy was a rhino, like many you know of the eight Republicans, and they like they love to overuse the term rhino, but the eight Republicans who were against him and opposed him, uh, don't you think that if he were really a rhino, don't you think the Dems would fight to keep him? Like, if he really was working with the Democrats behind closed doors, then why did the Democrats vote to get rid of him? So clearly he wasn't a rhino. Clearly he was effective at what he did. And I'm like, look, you look at like Kevin McCarthy, you know, it took 15 or 16 votes like a year ago, like you said, and I, right. I supported that process. Same. You know, it's like he was able to get 217 votes. And now you've seen people like Steve Scalise and now even Jim Jordan, two Republicans that have an unbelievable amount of respect for. They're not even coming close to that. And so it just shows you that, that maybe, just maybe, and go with me for a second, that you want... You want a swamp killer as Speaker of the House. You want somebody who's got time in Washington, who understands how the system works, who is willing to use, knows where all the bodies are buried, knows how to get things done and work behind the scenes to dismantle the Democrat Party. If you've got a representative or a member of Congress who's a great grassroots congressman or like a guy like Jim Jordan. Between me and you, well, I guess it's not between me and you anymore, Lisa, but I yeah, yeah, the... would rather see him on the judiciary. ask He's one of the few Republicans that can ask very, very effective questions, and he was great in that role. And, and never mind the fact that Repu- this Republican Speaker of the House is one of the most thankless jobs on the face of the planet. You watch, if Jim Jordan somehow pulls this off today. Uh, and this vote at one o'clock coming up here soon, within six months, you're going to have people in our party calling him a rhino. He doesn't want that. I can assure you. Um, I, but but most Republicans don't want that job. So I, it's just like, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's embarrassing. It's frustrating. I wish there'd been a plan. But here we are.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, we've covered a lot of ground today, Sean. Um, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, you know, you you certainly got my You know, mind spinning when I was looking at your tweets today. So we were talking offline. I was like, I need to have you on to, you know, talk about this and explain it to my audience uh, and me as well. Uh, Is there anything you want to leave us with before we go, Sean? Just, you know, we talked
3: about how can something like the Holocaust happen. And I would ask your listeners, just as they move through life, and I'm not, I'm Catholic, but, you know, everyone has a different faith and they believe different things. But, Open your eyes to the fact that there is a very real spiritual war happening, and the ground zero for that fight is right here in this country. And your ability as an American citizen, and look, I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, I'm a Trump supporter, all cards on the table. I recognize that not everybody is going to agree with me on that. But there is a way in which we can get past all the politics and see good and evil for what it really is, because good and evil does really exist in this world. And it is so important for people to be able to see that evil, be unafraid, stand up to it and say, I'm not moving. You move. It's just, it's just so important for people in our country to see things with moral clarity right now. And so if you take one thing away from, from, from this interview, please just try to open your eyes to the fact that there's a spiritual war and see things with moral clarity.
0: Uh, amen. Uh, host of the Battleground uh, podcast, uh, American Hero Sean Parnell, we appreciate you giving us your time. Uh, Enlightening conversation. I really appreciate it.
3: Thanks, Lisa. Hope to talk to you soon.
0: That was Sean Parnell. Appreciate him taking the time to join the show. I I just wanted to have someone who has really experienced war and and he has, uh, you know, retired Army Infantry Captain with the Elite 10th Mountain Division, spent, you know, 485 days fighting along the afghan pakistan border so uh, i think he knows what he's talking about so appreciate him for joining the show i appreciate you listening at home you know we normally do these mondays and thursdays but there's just so much going on with us it's so important we've been putting them out at different times to be timely but i I thank you for listening i want to thank john cassio my producer for putting the show together until next time